My name is William Armour Class Wolf, and of course joined by me, my good buddy. Steven, Stevenator Figgy. Stevenator. <laughs> I am Nathor. Yeah, I'm glad that, all, that I never have to go through the uh, origin story explanation like we put all our guests through because there's no good story to it. Just you wait. In 70 days, the name change is happening. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm I, As long as I get it, though. We've got ourselves a... Uh, uh, a nice show today. We got uh, later on. We're gonna have Brett Cook joining us, who goes by Judge Grudge. Uh, that's gonna be our interview guest of the episode. Uh, of course, we got our weekly matches as always. We've got some nice conversation topics. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. And uh, for those that don't know, Judge Grudge, also League of Legends. So kind of a little bit of a League of Legends themed podcast here today. But yeah, every, as I every, as you're wearing the League shirt, I just realized every even numbered uh, every even numbered podcast episode is just a complete overload on league of legends people from aquinas <laughs> ironic <laughs> all righty you want to get into the uh the weekly match report there steve yeah so we had uh two matches for rocket league varsity this week we had our nace match which as i say every week nace is in my opinion more the more important of the two leagues we play in though both of them are important and challenging in their own rights uh and we took a 3-2 win versus Minnesota State in NACE, and then we took a 2-3 loss to Queens University in our NECC match for the week. And then for Rocket League Academy, they took a 3-1 win versus Jamestown Jimmies, which I, I can't believe that I just had to read the name of that team out loud, but I mean... I thought you were about to say, like, the sandwich shop. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like they're sponsored by Jimmy John's yeah. or something. <laughs> the Jamestown Jimmy John's. <laughs> Um, which that was our NACE match for the week for Rocket League Academy. And then our uh, NECC match was a 2-3 loss to the, I'll try my best to pronounce this, I think it's like the Fanshawe Falcons T2. That's my best effort. Uh, so we took a 2-3 loss to that. So pretty similar results across the two teams. Uh, it would have been exactly identical if, if the win versus the Jamestown Jimmies was 3-2. I was uh, half expecting that to be pronounced Feng Shui. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think you're wrong, but I respect oh, the effort. Well, like, I've no, I've definitely never seen feng shui spelled. So I was just like, <laughs> sure, let's go in the feng shui Falcons. Uh, and then for us, our Smash match, we had a 1-0 win versus Central Michigan University. Uh, and then for our Overwatch matches, uh, unfortunately, as we are recording this podcast, Overwatch is playing their matches, so we don't really... We aren't really able to talk about them for this week, but we'll have plenty to talk about next week. I believe that we're having some Blizzard Collegiate matches going on right now. And then later uh, later today, probably, we uh, will be playing versus Concordia, I believe, uh, for our first WAC match. So there will be plenty to talk about next week. But for this week, we got nothing for Overwatch. And of course, for League, uh, this as we discussed last week, we have two off weeks in a row. So this is the first. Uh, so nothing to report there. It's legit like, we're still only like we talked about it last week. Like we're firing all cylinders. Every program's going, but if well, we can't report on we can't really report on league because we're not playing. And Overwatch, they're playing when we're doing this, so we can't report on them either. Ooh. So we're half a program. It's a mystery. What is the league team doing? <laughs> we're just going absolutely bonkers to the walls in scrim matches. 
<laughs> well, Will, do you want to take it away for our first highlight match? Yeah, sure. So the first highlight match, we're going to talk about the Rocket League. It was a 3-2 against Minnesota State. Again, that was the NACE match. So it went to five series, or it was a five series. Five-game series, yeah. Yeah, so that we won game one, and we didn't win again until game four. Mm-hmm. So it, it was almost a really bad time. Yeah. Because like, if I remember last week, we had two wins and then dropped two and yeah, then came back in fifth. Yeah, now we're winning one, losing two, and then winning the last two. I mean, it's still a dub. Yeah, but a that, win's a win. Yeah, but that has to be so, like, worrisome. <laughs> so games one, four, and five, we won each of them with a total of four goals each. Which and is a high-scoring game for Rocket Yeah, yeah. Like and it, depending on which ma- or which of the matches you watched, it was about either two to three. So they were kind of close. Mm-hmm. Games two and three. Games two was one and two. So we dropped by one goal. And the game three was one and four. So that has to feel a little demoralizing. Yeah, I, I feel like if you were to ask anyone who would have won that series after game three, you're like, well, it's been a pretty downwards trend since game one. Uh, but then they, the, the boys turn it around. Yeah, you would expect Minnesota uh, State to have a bit of tempo there and kind of go into game four just like, oh, we'll be fine. Yeah, and right? I mean, that, that's a pretty big win for us, right? Whenever I feel like whenever you beat a state school as, you know, little old Aquinas College, it's always nice because state schools just have, generally speaking, massive populations in comparison to, to AQ. Yeah, I think it's uh, kind of the continuation of the meme that the comfort zone is to be back against the wall mm-hmm. and then you win. No matter if you took a game or two at first. Mm-hmm. It's I a- mean, we talked with Devin last week about how fun it is to be the underdog. Like, mm-hmm. it, it legit feels like there's so little pressure in comparison to what you're feeling if you're like, well, our school is, you know, 10 times the size student population-wise of this school, so surely we don't lose, right? And then you start losing and you're like, ooh, this, uh, I'm nervous now. <laughs> yeah, when, underdog story, it's either like if you lose, you're like, oh, you know, we were expected to lose. We went out there, we played our game, we had a good time, and then you win it, and it's more hype than winning if you were the original team, it seems like. It's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. No matter what, you're, you're, you're going to have the better mental, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think next week maybe we can uh, we can talk about kind of I think Rocket League is probably getting to the point where we can kind of do like a I don't know if they're actually at mid season but we can say you know cohesively over all the games they've played so far here are our records across all our leagues because they're they're really getting into the thick of it now the other teams are still kind of you know at, at the beginning phases for the most part but uh but for Rocket League there's been a lot of games every single week so I'm curious to how our records actually stand up at this point in time uh, so we'll probably get that for you guys next week. All right, uh, shall I shall I move on to our second highlight match? Yeah, go for it, man. Which, if you were listening closely when I broke it when I broke down our results, you should know exactly what match is getting highlighted because the Smash team did it. We have been winless. We, the prophecy has come true. First, we lost zero to five. Then we lost zero to two. Then we lost zero to one versus Davenport last week. And last week we were like. We're working our way up. Maybe next week is the week because we're getting closer. We got as close as physically possible last week to winning a game. And then this week we were able to take the win extremely close. It was basically as close as the Davenport match, but the only difference was this time we won the final stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was one a 1-0 win versus versus Central Michigan. Uh, you know, <laughs> I will say confidently that uh, I played in that match yesterday, and that will be my last match playing on the Smash team. Really? Yeah, my time as a substitute on that roster is done after <laughs> yesterday's match. Uh, but that just makes it even more impressive that we were able to win that match because it really feels like the other three players who, who played, which is uh, shout-outs to you know Tim, Jamal, and Christian, 
like they all stepped up and like took way more than than they had any right to take uh for each of them and they they made like a huge comeback victory despite me starting us off very weak what was your record uh, well, I, I took one stock, so we were already back against the wall, like nine stocks to 11 stocks going into our second player. And then I think t- Jamal went in, took four, Tim took like three, and then Christian took four. Yeah, I think that adds up. Probably. Yeah, that adds up four, four, so, three. Like uh, we've explained before, but in Smash, like your your goal is to take three stocks because you have three stocks. You want to take what you lose. Uh, like three stocks is a perfect performance in a crew battle. So when one of your players, aka me, takes only one stock you're immediately put in a situation where it's like okay now everyone else has to at least take their stock value if not more they have to they have to overperform the expectation yeah, they have to perform every expectation and, and they did like everyone on the team played played good christian played like his third unique character of the season or something he just plays different characters every week he played samus this week he played bowser the week before he's been practicing link all week like i have no clue what's going on but he just makes the characters work whatever he whatever he's going we have a lot of character switches actually because jamal also played pokemon trainer when he's been playing uh, young link for a majority of the season so pokemon trainer breaks my brain yeah i mean because that character's really i strong. just know that when you get to high percentage you swap to charizard because fat yeah, unless your name is Jamal, because Jamal hates Charizard and really? swears by Ivysaur. <laughs> oh my gosh! I... So I mean, a great win that puts us to yeah. one and three. That could this could be the point of our season where we turn things around, and especially by dropping off the dead weight that is uh, Stevenator on the team, maybe we can really start putting together some performances and turning it around. Uh, Do you know who's going to be coming in then? Uh, well, it's Jack, who was who was initially Jack played in the first week, and then I subbed in for two weeks, and now it should be Jack going back in in place of me. Uh, he's had a few weeks to kind of practice some secondary characters. Depending on who Christian plays, he might actually be able to play his initial character, because the issue was we had two Bowser players, mm-hmm. and it was like, how are we going to navigate this? But now Christian is playing Samus, he's playing Link, he's playing all sorts of characters. He's not even really sure if Bowser's the best choice anymore, so we might just be able to put Jack in on his main. I'll never understand how christian to just perform at every fighting game yeah we'll we'll get christian in uh like we were we were trying to talk to him soon but his work schedule is pretty tricky but christian is a very interesting character because christian is good at every single game that he touches and you probably see if you don't know who christian is if you follow us on twitter it's the like fingers pointing into each other picture in a very in a very innocent yeah like the uwu pose with a very innocent face that's uh yeah that's christian or what z demon cake yeah z demon cake he says uh is his you know twitter Shout out to Christian. Uh, Shout out to our Twitter, Aquinas Esports. <laughs> we do that at the end, Will. Come on. We can't plug too much. We can do it all the time. <laughs> uh, We're sellouts for our own school. What's the problem with that? So there is not much in terms of uh, miscellaneous news this week, but we do have a few a few key points, uh, most of which are, are – none of which are related to, like, the actual program, but it's kind of things surrounding the program that I think are pretty cool. So do you want to start us off? Yeah, we got uh, kind of a hype. Uh, I, I So if anybody remembers us talking last week, we had brought up a player that also does Rocket League and hockey because we brought up the hockey scoring, mm-hmm. and – our boy Stocks got a hat trick in hockey, which, yeah. if I remember correctly, a hat trick is just three scores in a row. Mm-hmm. Or, or I don't think goals. it's in a row. I think it's just three total goals in a game, which is still an absurd amount. <clears throat> yeah, which is crazy because we even talked about, like, if you see a high-scoring hockey game, like, 3-1 is, like, pretty high high score. Mm-hmm. And last week was 6-1 with Davenport. But still, just having one player perform that well and get, like, half of – you know what the total for the Davenport one was insane mm-hmm. and it's nice to it's nice to be able to like if you follow the Aquinas Esports Twitter like uh, we retweeted the whole thing where it was like you know I 
what's his name like Nick Stockard or yeah I, I think that's correct uh, his last name is Stockard if you're wondering where the screen name Stocks comes from and it was just like he he scores a hat trick and then Aquinas Esports retweets it and it, it, it's cool to see interaction between the athletics Twitter and and our Twitter and stuff like that it's always something that's nice to see yeah it's nice seeing the uh, esports guys kind of out and about doing their their other programs like last semester i was a big fan i would always go to the library and i'd always see paul out on the soccer field practicing so i'd stay there and watch and cheer him on a little bit mm-hmm. but stuff like that it's just nice seeing everybody on campus kind of doing more than just being in the room mm-hmm. and i mean like uh one of like shout out to coach long one of his big initiatives since he since he came here has basically been like you guys should try to get as involved as possible like with non-esports things on campus like make make our program basically like known that we exist and that we're we're not just cooped up in our room all the time like we're we're going out to sports games and we're going to campus events and stuff like that and i think that's super cool and i think that we're already starting to see the results of that more or less yeah of of course it's i think the general idea of it is just to make sure that we are a part of the community because we are mm-hmm. like you can look at our you know our twitch sh- uh, twitch chats and you'll see parents and all that in there but if we can start getting more of the student body and all that in there, like mm-hmm. we're at their games and once we start integrating a little bit more, that's I think the hope. Yeah, that's the hope. And I think that'd be really awesome. That's a, that's a great segue of, you know, students in esports being involved in other things. It's a great segue to talk a little bit about myself, but the intention is not to, you know, put myself on a pedestal. Uh, so I've talked before about my, my English, uh, about my English studies is that that's what I'm focusing on as a student. And uh, what that also means is that I participate in our on-campus writing center, which is basically, you know, if you have an essay, it's due soon, you want to get an extra pair of eyes to look over it. Maybe you want to check for some grammar stuff. Maybe you want to check for some organizational stuff. Maybe your teacher is telling you to come in for an essay and you just have to bring it in because you're obligated to, and then we'll have a fun little conversation. But it's something that I enjoy doing. And uh, especially because the community behind the writing center and all the other people in it are super supportive of literally anything that you'll do. Uh, especially the person who, who runs it, who's named Julie Bevan. She's great. And so basically what happened is that she's been, ever since I pitched this idea of the AQ Diff podcast, which it didn't have that name back then, but I was like, I want to do a podcast for with esports. She was like, as soon as it comes out, send it to us, and we will find a way to advertise it and promote it the best we can. And so uh, you may have seen, if you follow Aquinas Esports on Twitter, we retweeted um, – the writing center Twitter making a post that was basically like, look at what our consultant Stephen Figgy is doing uh, with writing. He's you know making uh, some outlines and stuff for for these podcasts and then putting them on Spotify. And it was a link to our our podcast, which is always so cool. I just I mean to go back to like, I love seeing the crossover between other bodies on campus and and esports because it just makes us feel more incorporated and it's cool to see other people's talents and passions uh, kind of like crossing over in a productive way. Yeah, it's definitely wonderful. I, I remember getting, I think I got tagged in that tweet, not mm-hmm. tagged, but like it was, I was added in like the image search or whatever yeah. for it. And my phone started blowing up and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> I was yeah, so it confused. Yeah, because a completely different, a completely different yeah. group of people, right? Which is, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I was talking, I've been talking to Coach Long a little bit past like week or two. And um, I actually have a few uh, people that said so they're willing to give me recommendations and letter of recommendations because there's RA positions opening up on campus. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in talks about that and orientation leading. Ooh. On campus, Will? Yeah. Uh, it, might, it might actually just be living on campus as well as being big campus like event participant. Okay. Which would be a very interesting thing for next year. <laughs> because it's like, that's kind of a bigger like 
student manager role, which I think is something that I do well at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, that wraps it up for our for our miscellaneous topics this week. Overall, a pretty quiet week, but I mean, in, in terms of miscellaneous news, not in terms of games, because we played plenty of games, which is, you know, half a good thing, half a bad thing. Uh, it's not too surprising. It's also kind. Of, I think it's quiet because, for me, anyways, like I've been having midterms, mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of been more focusing on that. Yeah, mid midterms are coming in. Like we have all of our coaches signed now, so like some of our earliest news was like we have Coach Zoo now, we have Coach Grayson now. But now everything's kind of getting settled in. All the teams are getting into their regular seasons, and there's less like signings going on, which yeah. is usually you know some of the most interesting uh, updates that we can talk about outside of outside of game results. I am excited to see outside of coach signings, but player signings and all that and commitments. Going into the new year. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited to see because I think Coach Long has a really big net. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very persuasive guy when it comes to how great the program is. Yeah. And I think we have a lot to show for it, especially with how we've been doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see what, what new blood, if you will, comes in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, uh, and of course... Speaking of new blood... Yeah, true. New to this year. New to this year. You know, new, absolutely fresh blood. You know, freshmen coming in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we have here with us uh, for the interview this week, uh, Brett... Judge Grudge Cook, uh, if I'm allowed to say he judges, he grudges, uh, is we always make this joke about introducing him on a podcast. We've been making this ever since we knew him, and now it's finally can, happening. Can I explain it? <laughs> yes, absolutely you can. <laughs> so it started because of my buddy that brought me here in the first place, right? <laughs> um, part of it was Morgan, and then the oh. other part was our uh, other friend within the program, Daniel Kellogg. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a small small obsession with joe rogan (laughs) (laughs) and they had identified this steve play the clip yeah (laughs) basically so that would that's what uh daniel kellogg would always do he'd be like hey judge grudge uh he'd be the interview host right he he judges he grudges everybody it's judge grudge uh, so yeah that's that's how it came. And it's that's it's why great it to introduce you in that way finally after making the joke nonstop for like half a year. How does how do you think it feels for me? This is year three <laughs> of having this sit on my back and not have a platform to do it on. So here we are. All right, so let's give a quick introduction about Brett uh, based on, you know, my light research that I've conducted for our, our compatriot here. So Brett is a senior, and then I wrote parentheses, kind of. Uh, yeah. So you're, I believe, graduating next semester, right? Which yeah. means that you are... You know, you're like a first semester senior, but it's in the spring instead of the fall where it would typically be. Yeah. uh, COVID credits. Yeah. Um, Pass fail numbers, C plus versus D plus. Just (laughs) semantics that I'm here for an extra (laughs) semester. So so you transferred to Aquinas at the start of fall 21, uh, at the start of the fall 2021 semester alongside your friend and teammate Morgan, or as uh, as you may know him online, Yayeet. Uh, and Madlife guys... Midlaner on Twitter, if I'm True. not mistaken. At Madlife Midlaner on Twitter. Um, and you both came from Indiana Tech. So, you know, still in the Midwest bubble, but a very, a very different school, all things considered. Uh, you were originally a jungler, one of three junglers who came in at the start of fall 2021 uh, yep. with a big, you know, who's getting the starting jungle spot, who's getting JV, all that. Uh, but you've now transitioned into top lane, and you've hit master tier on at least three unique roles, right? Being top lane, jungle, and AD carry. Yeah. Uh, you know, your AD, basically your ADC doing... stats were actually so cracked. <laughs> I mean, hey, I played Lucian and Scrims last night, and that 
was probably my best performance. <laughs> yeah, I love for, that champion. For anyone who, uh, who who watches, you know, league content or league streamers, Brett likes to call himself, you know, uh, discount Tyler one because instead of hitting challenger on every single roll, he just hits master tier on three of the five rolls. And I mean, that does get us into what you wanted to talk today about, right? Um, part I, of the discount T1 was also the fitness aspect. True, true. Spoiling the topics a little bit, we will get there. But you are you are discount Tyler one in more ways than one, basically. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. There's a lot more hair. All right, so that's that's my intro for you. Uh, my first question directed at you is, how was the leap of transferring from Indiana Tech to Aquinas, and like, how did that whole process go down from start to finish? Like, did you know that you wanted to transfer, but didn't really know where you wanted to go? Like, how did you find out about AQ? All that, all the juicy details. Well, uh, as you know, Adam Antor. Um, it ended with him and started with uh, another coach at PFW. Uh, she had come in and started to help our team just with, like... Sorry to stop you. What is PFW? Just for uh, anyone who might not know. Purdue Fort Wayne. It's okay. a satellite uh, school in Fort Wayne. Right. So Indiana Tech, close by, mm-hmm. good relationship. And Machuca, funny enough, introduced <laughs> this. Um, and... I just started forming a relationship with KT. Uh, she very loosely helped our team, but the most important thing that she did was she believed in us. That was like the coolest thing for Morgan and I. Right? Mm-hmm. We were kind of on a team that was very non-committal, and Morgan and I have always wanted to achieve like the yeah. highest tier of play, and just to have someone believing in us um, really changed our minds on what we wanted it out of a program. Mm-hmm. It like it, it gave you a taste of what it of what it feels like to have someone who like believes in your team and to have someone who is as passionate and motivated as yourselves, right? Yes. And uh, so through that network, she recommended us Aquinas, and uh, yeah, took my tour. Adam Antor ran <laughs> through the halls of Sturis to meet us. <laughs> And it was a really charming experience, and gets name dropped. Adam Antor gets name dropped every single week on the podcast. Yes, he should. Well, I mean, like almost all of us currently are here because of him. Yeah. And, and that effect's going to happen until next year. Yeah. Like, I mean, anybody that joined the fall or and we haven't, I don't think we had anybody join the spring, but anybody that joined this this school year yeah. was because of Adam. And Adam didn't leave until we were two weeks in to yeah. this. You know, academic year. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Long came in, you know, a month or two months or so after. It took a so, bit. Yeah, <laughs> it took a minute. Which is not his fault, just so we're clear. Yeah. yeah. And so from my from my point of view, just to give you some insight that I think I've already given you, like, uh, basically what it was is, like, Adam had a, had a private Discord message with, like, the two players who were confirmed starters for the next week, which or for the next year, which was me and Travis. Uh, me and Travis were, like, the highest ranked players on the team. Everything else was kind of up in the air. And he links like the these two op.ggs, which is the League of Legends tool for basically you know checking someone's match history, what they've been playing, how often they've been playing, all all that juicy statistics. Uh, and he just sends me these two of you and Morgan, and I'm like, the first thing I say is like, Jesus Christ, these guys have work ethic because you guys just have like the most games I've seen of anybody uh, that that season that that I was looking at, and I was like. You know, regardless of how good these guys are right now, I can say that I am seeing a lot of work ethic, and that's my initial read. So, you know, keep talking to these people by all means and find out what they're about. And now what's funny is that with our other recruit at the time, who was Julian, 
uh, like we had been kind of talking to Julian, like trying to incorporate him into the team and like playing normal games with him. But we legitimately did not see you and Morgan until like the first week of school. You two just walked into the lab and we did not know who you were. We, we knew who you were because we were a little bit more familiar with your appearance. But then we were like, who is this guy next to Brent? Because <laughs> you guys hadn't introduced yourselves at all. Yeah. yeah. My bad, I guess. No, well, like, <laughs> well, like, it was funny. It made for a comedic moment. Well, I remember I played with you and Morgan a little bit, and then I remember getting to a lobby with Travis, and I invited Morgan. And he goes, "Yo, who's this guy?" And I was like, "Oh, this is the ADC that's joining us." He goes, "Wait, we have an ADC joining us." <laughs> Morgan flew under the radar. You know, Brett was being outgoing, trying to trying to meet at least a few people. I don't think I had talked to you until that first day that you showed up to the lab. If I'm being entirely honest. Um. We had some conversations, but not in person. Yeah, yeah, right? and nothing really in depth. No, no, so. just like, hey, Steve, I'm <laughs> trying to make this top lane thing work. Help, please. Other right, than that, no. I, I had been trying yeah, to help yeah, you a yeah. little bit. Speaking of which, that is a perfect transition into my second question, uh, which is a real, a real doozy. Uh, how has the whole experience of swapping roles been for you? I know it was initially a struggle for you, but over time, do you think it's had its benefits in resilience or otherwise? Well... It really just comes from the mentality of doing anything to help the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first time I've done this. Yeah. Uh, actually, <laughs> it pretty much sums up my career as a collegiate <laughs> player, right? Because um, I came in to Indie Tech with uh, a thousand games on eighty carry. Oh, I was. You know that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was a Jin Lucian two trick, and then um, we needed jungler to fill and uh shout out jeffrey uh the coach that was with us for the first year at indie tech um he just swapped me to jungle the next year we had like three players leave we had our 80 carry run into a situation where he just couldn't stay at school like one credit off of graduating couldn't get approved for loans very sad Mm -hmm. uh so i played 80 and that's when i was playing with bradley uh Mm -hmm. Which, by the for the record, collegiate former collegiate player who is now playing in you know academy, which is like the minor leagues, like right underneath actual professional play. Got a game in LCS. Yeah, got a get, got a game, got a few games in the lock-in, I think. Yeah. Uh, so e- extremely talented player that Brett had the fortune of playing with at Indiana Tech. Yeah, and if you want to talk to anybody about grindset, you should talk to him because <laughs> man, he put in some games. Mm-hmm. Um. So I played eighty, and then uh, <laughs> come he, to Aquinas as a juggler. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he left uh, mm-hmm. for reasons I will not disclose. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then I swapped back to jungle. Morgan came back. He was supposed to play. Like it, it, I've swapped roles like six different times. So it's nothing that I'm unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Um, Just the merry-go-round of roles right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had no issue swapping to top. The second time, I'd the, say the first the time first, there were a few oh, issues. The first time was <laughs> it, it just felt bad for I think everybody involved yeah. because because yeah. we were trying to make a two man roster work with. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. two rosters work, not two man yeah, roster. Yeah. We were trying you to know, get two rosters to function, and it felt just so like weirdly forced. And everything was just getting really chaotic for both sides because we had a coach that wasn't really our coach. And we were just trying to, like, as a program, help each other and then have co- like coach at the time, which was Coach Jay, uh-huh. have him help us. And then 
Adam left. He left. We were like, we have 10 pieces of a puzzle, and we don't believe they all go into the same picture right now. Yeah. It, it really makes my heart go out to programs without leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you have large numbers. Yeah. Because uh, that is the reason that it was tough, mm-hmm. right? It was never playing the game. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as, like, those disputes and, like, that just environment of player-led, like, roster decision-making uh, left, and I was able to cast and have fun <laughs> yeah. playing League of Legends, what? that's you when I hit that? Masters again. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When yeah. I started having fun playing the game again and, then, like, improving consistently without the worry of, like, I need to perform for the team because I was already doing so through casting, um, it got easy. And mm. now it's even easier. Yeah. Uh, Zoo kind of reignited uh, my desire to hit those levels. Like I was, just, I was just hitting. You were about to go me. full caster mode for a second there. I, I, I mean, was. honest, like. Yeah. yeah, and I think I was good at it. Uh, I mean, your talent hasn't gone away. You're still good. Yeah, at it. I was gonna say it's yeah. R, not was. You are still <laughs> yeah, good at it. I'm for I, zero, for zero reason, <laughs> for absolutely zero reason. Like I legit still remember when we were talking about doing the podcast in the first place. You're like, I got a sweet, sultry voice for this. <laughs> it's true. I know my strengths. Uh huh. It was, one of, it was one of my favorite comments. All right. We are now going to move on to a, a heavily anticipated question for me. As much of the name is a meme, where does it come from? Where, where does your screen name come from? Uh, you're going <laughs> to laugh at this. I'm already laughing. Yeah, we got giggles over in the corner there. It, it's so fitting. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you, you're going to understand. I had an R-rated name. Because <laughs> I've been I've been playing since I was twelve. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So I had a name that I want no one to know right. ever again. Right. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Good name. Mm-hmm. But not coming but out of my But past the age anymore. of twelve, you yes, can't. You yes. can't. You can't and even try to justify. <laughs> I, I I think around sixteen. Um, I was like, I started hitting plat, and then I was like, I. I kind of want to keep doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to start playing. I want to start playing competitively. Yeah. So I need to get rid of the name. So I just <laughs> came up. I came up with nonsense. I was like, Judge Grudge. It, it rhymes. rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes. He judges, he grudges. That, that, was, that was literally it. <laughs> that was the only thing. I mean, that, that's a fine origin story to me. I think we talked with Devin last week about, uh, about like, childhood names that you just have to get rid of as well. That seems to be a common yeah. theme is that you have a certain name until a certain age, and then you just say, "All right, we, we got to make some changes here." Do you want to hear the first one? I, no, I'm is not it sure. Appro- is it appropriate? Oh, 100%. okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was because of my brother, and uh, I was Watashiwa Gwaii for <laughs> I think like eight years. I'm pretty sure it's still my login on Steam. Like that was just the first one, <laughs> oh. like Big Brother, you know. Uh-huh. My Steam up. is still my first PlayStation name. Oh, which. So th- the last four numbers of it are six nine six seven, which mm-hmm. if you see sixty nine, you kind of laugh because it's like the nice <laughs> number. But yeah. six nine six seven on your phone because I have like the old flip phone. Oh, it God. spells out owns O W N S. Oh no, that's <laughs> oh, so no. awful. That you want to is... hear? You want to hear what the name was? The PlayStation name, and this was me and my buddy came up with it. We thought it was so cool. It was like it was edgy. Like I was in middle <laughs> school. It was like yeah, we're super cool, and we played a lot of like Call of Duty Zombies. Uh-huh. And we're like, so I'm gonna be the Dark Prince six nine six seven. Oh, it was so bad. That is that screams early two thousands. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
it's beautiful. Well, after that, because my last name is Wolf, they were like, no, let's change it. You're going to be the Blood Wolf. And I was like, this is hurting me in a a, a non-physical place right now. I like the Dark Prince better, personally. Yeah. And then my brother, I think, tried to get me to go on Xbox with him and change. My name was Dubs for Days because I have WW. Just stop while you're behind. Will it hurts? It nah, hurts. dude. Nah, I'm I'm full committed to. I'm old. I'm old man propaganda. That's it. It got worse. Oh, no. It got worse. It did, it did get worse. It yeah. Got like worse. usually, your names get better as you get from younger to older. No. no. And there I still was, there was I, a dip. I still can't even like stick with a name and be happy right now. <laughs> Let's see. Like since joining AQ, I've literally gone Dynot Motion Armor Class. I almost went to Fordo this semester, mm-hmm. and now I want to change my name in 70 days because I'm watching the account like a hawk for it to become inactive. Oh my gosh. Do you want to hear mine? My I, next one's going to be uh, Cosmonaut. I like it. I do like Cosmonaut. Cosmonaut's a good name. That's yeah. a... When I make pro, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah. I get into Academy, so that I can have like, TSM Cosmonaut. Cosmonaut. Mm-hmm. Wanna... I, I, I really hope it's not TSM Cosmonaut. Wait, okay, but hold on. How <laughs> For cool, your sake. But how IMT. cool would it be? How no? How cool would it be to be fly fly cosmonaut? That'd be pretty cool. Right. That's what I'm saying. It just sounds like a cool name. That's that's Judge Grudge, by the way, because I was like, that sounds like a cool pro name. Not to not to keep us on the name discussion for so long, but I love when players have names that match up perfectly with their orgs. So like for a while there was like Fly Fly. There was like a (laughs) Korean player who got imported to the LCS, and his name was Fly, and he played for FlyQuest, which the three-letter abbreviation is Fly. So in-game, it would literally just say Fly Fly. (laughs) I can't think of any other good ones off the top of my head, but that's so funny. There's got to be a few out there. (laughs) (sighs) Well, another funny one uh, to move on after this is, is when lost was on tsm it just said tsm lost and now people use that screenshot of his name whenever tsm loses they just post the screenshot that says tsm lost <laughs> that has to feel so bad it, it applies for every team he's ever I been know. on <sighs> it's all right. good. all right brett what is your single most memorable experience so far from competing in esports at aquinas putting you on the spot paul but just the entirety of paul um I would say the entirety of Paul comes secondary to casting the game where he landed oh. the blind four-man Malphite Ultimate. Oh my that, god. That, that's the most memorable moment. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's going to stick with me. Yeah, that's, that's one of those that's moments it. where it doesn't matter if you're a player or a commentator. Like, that, that sticks with you. Because then you can say that you're the one who was casting that moment. And then it just kept getting better. Because I, I talked to Morgan about it, right? And he's like, it's a complete flip, right? It's 50-50 whether or not they're, they're in that bush. In that bush yeah. They're in that bush. And then on top of that, it's like, if he misses it, you guys just lose. Yeah, we just lose the game. Like, so, immediately. Yeah, yeah, so. The cojones that's, on that play. Yeah, not only that, like, if he was even, like, a couple pixels to the left and missed someone. Like, yeah. it changes the dynamic yeah. so much. Yeah. So, and in case anybody's curious, Paul is PGR00. Yeah, he's been no a part of a- He's been a part of AQ since 2019. One I of remember, the OGs. Yeah, one of the OGs. He, he is one of those people that just radiates positivity. Yeah, has an yeah. impact on everybody on everybody that he talks to. Yeah. Like, also a very handsome man. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the most handsome man. <laughs> Secondary to the amazingness that he brings. Yeah, just yeah. everywhere. Like I, 
I think we could do a whole episode on Paul just as a person because that I guy mean, was. Know, he we, was we can we can hope we can hope that Paul that Paul ends up coming back to AQ at some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know his his future is uncertain. We're all rooting for him. So if he does come back, hundred percent, he's the first guest we're oh, having on. Oh, for sure, <laughs> no that, doubt. Because that man has had highlights. Because he went from top lane and then became an ADC for AQ back in 2019 yeah. and played an ADC up until this last fall and swapped to top. Back to top lane, you know, with no flame makes both of you look bad by hitting master on top lane in like a week or like two weeks. Oh, I, I don't care. I stand next. <laughs> I stand next to Paul and I look bad. <laughs> like I'm perfectly comfortable with that. All right. So now, as as Brett teased earlier, uh, we move on to our, our two primary topics of the episode, which I'll, I'll rope them in both together uh, because the, it all builds into the discount Tyler one uh, claim that was made earlier. Which uh, the first of which is the kind of culture that we have in, in competitive video games surrounding like the grind. Like if, if you want to be good, you've got to put in the hours. You've got to, you got to hit the lab at 8 a.m., play till midnight, you know, play till 11 because that's when the lab closes and then leave <laughs> uh, and, and repeat day after day. Uh, and the second, the second uh, topic, which I think is heavily influenced by the existence of the first topic is, you know, how do we stay fit as esports players and like just kind of having a discussion about those those negative stigmas that surround the the kind of like gamer physique like the hunched over like either completely overweight or a complete twig uh in terms of in terms of like body mass there there are so many like negative stereotypes that surround the the fitness of gamers and as as someone who is heavily involved in going to the gym and i know you've had talks uh before about you know making fitness content that is geared towards uh towards players i i think that there's no one more qualified to have on our podcast to talk about that than you probably so all right well uh where do you want to start then which one i, I personally would love to start with the grind because i think it's very interesting can yeah. i also say i remember being in high school and people were like because gaming has been you know pooped on for years yeah it's it's been the <laughs> but i remember when the man himself acadian joined the rift and everybody was just like, excuse me? Which, if you look up Akkadian, A-K-A-A-D-I-A-N, he was a League of Legends player who was just, I mean, absolutely, like, ripped. He, yeah, he <laughs> was huge, and the man dressed fantastic outside of, like, his jersey and all that. Like, I always showed that as a reference picture. I was like, this guy just plays video games for a career. <laughs> like, this guy. <laughs> you know what? You've given us a good, uh, a good enough segue that I think it's actually more apt to talk about this fitness aspect first so brett do you want to like use that as a jumping off point and kind of get into your thoughts on it so fitness within esports there's so many different angles yeah (laughs) that i've thought about it personally uh on that note um i think it's just better uh to start changing the like negative connotation because it just comes from a poor place i think it honestly stems from the fact that gaming in the first place was just this thing that everybody hated right yeah i mean it's it's been it's been a central focal point of like media scrutiny for especially for for kids yeah right especially for kids so when you're dealing with this much news and this much hate uh, it starts carrying in its own weight, and everybody just has this perception because of that. Um, we 
drink Mountain Dew. We eat Doritos. We sit on a computer for 12 hours, and only one of those things is true, right? <laughs> uh, so I just I think it's something that holistically could change esports for the better. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of it is just fear for players um, because they have this weird perception of the gym of judgment when every gym community that I have been in uh, is so overwhelmingly positive, Mm -hmm. right? Even when you are in shape and you're looking at someone that, you know, by your standards may not be, uh, personally, every time I see that, I'm so happy, right? Like, those are the people that I notice the most in the gym in a positive aspect. It's mm-hmm. actually the people that are more fit than me <laughs> that make me feel negative. Yeah, right? which is kind of where that whole thing stems from, right? Is that if you're if you're the least fit person going into a gym, uh, you know, which a lot of, uh, you know, esports players, if they started the gym would be yeah then it's hard looking at everyone else and kind of thinking you know not letting that negative self-talk get to you and stuff like that and i mean to speak a little bit on my own experience to cut you off like brett has been you know more or less trying to help me uh get into the gym because you know i wouldn't say i fit the entire you know gamer stereotype physique but you know like i fit the general like i don't have muscle mass i you know like I'm a, I'm basically like a tall, lanky dude who has no muscle mass. And like this year, I was like, I would like to start going to the gym, even though I have no idea what that looks like. And it was a really scary thing to even propose, and try to start doing. Admittedly, I've been a little more lax on it in the past few weeks than I would have hoped. But the point is that over time, like Brett helped me make a workout plan, and I got in there. And even though it sucked, and I was scared, and uh, I didn't like how I was doing, and I felt like I wasn't doing anything right and stuff like that. I, I got to it, and I did it, and it started to feel good. And I'm hoping that once the summer kicks in, you know, everyone makes that excuse. At X point in time, I'm going to start going back to the gym. But the point is that, you know, I've at least taken the beginning step, and I think that for a lot of people, that's that's the one that's hardest to take. Yeah, the first step is definitely the hardest, especially when you don't have anybody to guide you through that process, yeah. which is why I wanted to, to be that person content. for me. Well, well, not only yeah. for you, for for, every. uh, for everyone. The difficulties that I ran into were that I have my own goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and meeting those while also trying to help other people uh, was too difficult. And yeah. I ended up just kind of dropping it as mm-hmm. a result. So, But is it still something you're looking at for the future? Uh, for the future, definitely, because I think there's so many opportunities within it. I also think that... Um, it just helps. Yeah. Uh, Coach Jay would say, you know, here are the nine different studies on how being in the gym will just directly help your performance in the lab and in mm-hmm. game, right? I think those are true. Uh, two, I think working out in a team environment, which has been the issue that I've had in creating a program. Mm-hmm. Um, is such an amazing environment, right? You think that being in there and like talking about your LP and like <laughs> <laughs> competing on that level, right? Like yeah. you have that. Um, Digital flexing. <laughs> yeah. 
but in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you have those moments, you have those people. Uh, it's so supportive to have that like team environment in the gym, and I miss it so much. Yeah, uh, it's the biggest thing that I miss from track. Uh, some of them are downstairs. I'm gonna go see them <laughs> after the podcast is done, and the relationships you build uh, through that are just amazing, and that's what I want to provide. Yeah, and, and then. I think- Business. And I think that'd be a great starting <laughs> business too, of course, yeah. you know, it, it would be something that, you know, if done right, can gain a lot of traction while also helping a lot of people, which is basically all you can ask for. Yeah. And the positives don't end there, right? Like as you guys were talking about earlier, when it comes to visibility, uh, I started wearing esports gear in the gym Yeah. just so that when, you know, the swims coach comes through or the baseball coach comes through they can see that we're in there, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's so, like, it's the barrier, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're just supposed to be Mountain Dew and Doritos, but when you see someone in there, it breaks something in these people's brains. It's... Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's something that, like, I was also using as a big inspiration to kind of get my thing started is, like, it feels great to be in the gym. It doesn't matter how hard I'm struggling on the treadmill or how, you know – few i'm setting the weight at on my lifting machine the point is that i'm in there and i'm doing something which is infinitely more than anyone expects of us it's also just the way it like <laughs> when getting in there is the hardest part and so mm-hmm. i was very happy to be with you uh in those beginning stages you as well for a little bit there yeah that was after my surgery too yeah that was such a scary part for me because because I had the nose surgery, and mm-hmm. when... Uh, oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's, well, after, like, during the recovery period, I'm not allowed to lift anything more than 10 pounds. <laughs> and so, like, when I first started working out and getting those muscles working again, like, I could feel it in my nose and throat when yeah. I was doing any weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And, like, Brett and Julian were there to keep me, like, like stable and sane and not, like, get in my head about it. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, like, breaking this stereotype and breaking these stigmas and, and making, you know, our group of people a more healthy people... Uh, like as everyone who plays video games, not just esports competitors, mm-hmm. but you know, overall, I think it has to start from somewhere. I think that more and more organizations at like the pro level are doing a better job of hiring physical therapists and you know having team gym days and stuff like that. I think that we're getting there, but now the next step is we've got to trickle that down. How do we get this started for colleges? You know, we got to get team gym days. We got to kind of build that community like you were talking about. And then from there, maybe it trickles down to high school. Maybe it trickles down to anyone who is hoping to be really good at any of these games. It basically associates, you know, being healthy and being in the gym as part of that process. I do think it's a call to arms to uh, people that aren't involved in the esports program because... Like, this message, this desire uh, is not something that's specific to us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what weightlifting coaches, I have a weightlifting coach at high school that would love to just have more people come in, right? So it's finding these people and resources to come help because as a student who's grinding, these are real numbers, 30 to 50 hours a week Mm -hmm. in league right yeah plus my classes plus now it feels like i have to find time to eat food (laughs) right like these are just real um time management things that make it very difficult to find time to invest five hours a week into you guys yeah um 
that's been the biggest struggle for me because I really want to help, but like five hours on top of what I'm already putting into the gym and everything else is just a big barrier to me. And, uh, and I think now that that brings up a great time of why exactly is it so hard to find time with what we do with, with the games that we play? Why is it so hard to find time to do other things? And it boils down to this idea that in order to be good and in order to be the best at one of the games that you play, you have to grind. It is mandatory. Uh, <laughs> do you have something? Well, personally, bro, I haven't played ranked in six days, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I've been so busy starting the new job and all that, man. I just have not had time. Uh, well, for me personally, I think that anybody can accomplish anything with enough time, mm-hmm. right? I think that's where the barrier of the participation award versus the actual reality things mm-hmm. is split because I can tell my 10-year-old little brother that he could be the best baseball player to ever live. Um, but you also have to tell him like that takes 10,000 hours and yeah. innate talent, right? Yeah. So I think the formula for anything is find something that you enjoy, that you're passionate about, uh, that you're somewhat good at, like that you have an innate talent towards, and then you put in the time. I think uh, I've been thinking, funny enough, about Kobe Bryant a lot in that regard, mm-hmm. that he just put the time in, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a podcast. So my my coach, like my individual coach for Midland, he, he goes by the name of Coach Curtis, is like a very influential person for me in like how I look to improve at things. And like I pretty much listen to everything that he says as the gospel. And he has his own podcast. And something that they talked about recently is like there was this quote from Kobe Bryant that was uh, that was basically along the lines of like, you know, if he's in a big game and he misses an important shot, like it determines what kind of person you are if you if you you know like go and like sulk about that shot or if you just immediately you know as soon as you have the time you go back to the gym and you shoot that shot 50 times until you don't miss it anymore yeah and there's like that aspect of being like so fully determined to do what you need to do and that's where the grind comes in now i have a counterpoint which is that i think that grinding away at something is entirely is entirely what you need to do to be the best and where it becomes problematic for esports and where it becomes unhealthy, I think, for a lot of people is that when you grind a traditional sport, when you when you, you know, hit the gym for to play basketball and you grind for as many hours as you can before your body gives out, that's what you're doing. You're you're going until your body tells you it can't go anymore. In esports, there that physical barrier doesn't exist. And so uh, what you do is you you go into game and you play until you can't take it anymore like mentally emotionally those are the only barriers for you and for a lot of people given how stigmatized mental health is uh which is a discussion that we're going to have a much longer discussion on in a future podcast is gaming and mental health but given how stigmatized that is a lot of players will very clearly not be in a mental or emotional state to keep playing and they do anyways i mean you run into these people all the time in league of legends it's known as one of you know a a cesspool of toxicity a lot of times the higher up you get and that's because these individuals who are who are grinding the game and playing hundreds of games uh every single month are probably not 
acknowledging their barriers and they're grinding past those and that's where it becomes unhealthy and that for me is where the this concept of the grind becomes very concerning so i'll say this um because i've i've been in, in and out of every traditional sport right uh i think that's really where they overlap mm-hmm. is the mental right yeah because i think that's where it's actually similar um I've had moments in track where, you know, you're putting in the time, something isn't changing, and you get down on yourself, right? Like, I, I beat myself up in the same way. So the mental is there, but you're right. There is that physical barrier where eventually you have to stop, right? Your body forces you to. Your body forces you to. Um, but I don't think it's quite as different as you may think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you have any thoughts to add on this? Uh, the only thing I can add to this right now is that I was kind of an evil mastermind about this to one of my friends. So I play with a group of people that we do Earth and Normals and all that and just have a good time. They don't, they're not really invested in rank like like I am, and I'm not invested like, like you guys are right now. But um, one of my buddies always is like, yeah, I could probably get into platinum or, you know, maybe I can touch diamond and all that stuff like that. And I go, okay, well, let's, I'll do it with you on one of my Smurf accounts and we'll go. Little did they know, uh, the account that's now Fordo, which is former main account, mm-hmm. I didn't lose any of my provisional games that I did play, which I think was six of them. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of snuck into Smurf queue on that account. Mm-hmm. Do it with him for a couple games. And now when he plays solo queue, he is with some big people for him. And, yeah. he's, and he was having a bad time at first, and he realized how absolutely like maniacal and evil these people are when they're grinding. Yeah, and I was like, it is not a good time. Like, it is not. Also, don't feel bad if you just type mute all and play the game. Like, that is like never a bad option. Like, some people recommend it, and they call it the Elo booster. <laughs> and so, he's been going at it for a little while, but that's the thing that's just dangerous in general about yeah. being online. Right? Well, because everybody can hide behind a name. Yeah. It, it, it's much easier to say disgusting, mean things that you don't mean uh, when it's not face-to-face. And that goes for anything that <laughs> like stems from the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to change holistically. I mean, Twitter kind of saw a revival, but I think yeah. that's more out of fear and like fear of the pushback from you know these many protective communities than it is actually like sitting down being introspective and mm-hmm. going okay well i can't say this because of like these standards and values mm-hmm. that i have towards myself right yeah. like it's something that i've had to change in game for myself recently uh because spending 30 to 50 hours a week is very taxing yeah and i've had to sit down with myself and be like all right well my goal is to improve uh so why am i saying any of this i have to focus on my game alone right like i'm not some challenger player trapped in diamond i need to improve Mm -hmm. and that's not these people's faults and I think that like one of one of my like final thoughts that I have about this that I had a few thoughts coming into the discussion and this is kind of the last one that I have stirring around in my head is basically that like I think that if you give everyone the same amount of time, you know, you give everyone X amount of time that they have in a week to grind the game, 
I think that the most optimal strategy for improvement probably involves more regimented break times and less overall time spent in-game grinding the game. I think at a fundamental level, it's probably just unoptimal the way a lot of people are playing the game because they are not taking the time to, you know, review their replays or to take breaks. And so they're going into games where they're just met their mental state is completely wrecked and they don't learn anything because it's like, well, I, you know, I played awful this game, but it wasn't because I'm bad at the game and it wasn't because I had anything to learn from it. I'm literally just dehydrated or I haven't <laughs> eaten or yeah. I haven't slept or this myriad of reasons that all come from grinding the game. And I think that at a core level, there has to be a more efficient, more optimal way to do mm -hmm. this. Uh, that involves less games. But the problem that arises, I think, is that you see in a lot of games, the most talented players are 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, and I'd say rarely beyond that is this, this chunk of players from about like 10 to 16 who have limitless time, pretty much, outside of, outside of school and other obligations that they might have. A lot of these kids do just sit down and play the game nonstop and you see these players rise to the top because at a certain amount of time that formula that you were talking about for improvement overpowers everything if you plug a massive number in for the actual hours spent that'll overpower any sort of healthy process or whatever because they are just simply putting the reps in yeah i, th I, I think it could be solved with an overhaul on community mm -hmm. because i think a lot of the frustration for me, came from not having the information, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if the community started to actually help each other and improve in the game, rather than doing it for ego, mm -hmm. like, instead of come bot with me after game so I can tell you why you're so wrong. Yeah. It's like, actually, <laughs> everybody is trying to improve in this utopia Mm -hmm. uh, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, gonna say I, that it would that would help. But. I feel like people are so like, it, people are so out for themselves right now, which I think is fair. I think it's it's fine to be like I put myself first. I think that's a you know it's a good mentality for mm -hmm. you're trying to improve. But there there has to be a sense of community at some point where you're willing to step over the line and shake someone's hand and be like, okay, let well, let's talk about it. Yeah, because I think when everyone's out for themselves, it completely changes what what is the optimal way to get better at something. Mm -hmm. Because, the, like, try as you might, you simply cannot, you know, help other people and have them help you back to improve if nobody else wants to. Yeah, you need a coach. I mean, or just a mentor in yeah. some way, right? Someone like, who is kind of above all of that and and can see the forest for the trees. Even if we're looking at individual sports, like boxing or mm -hmm. um things like you know those just personal one-on-one -on -one things uh, mike tyson had his coach you know his mentor yeah. it wasn't a good relationship but it let him reach those heights because he had a source of information and inspiration right we need that within esports but it's it's hard <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hard. it's hard. It's it's not something that's easy to tackle. And I feel like what we're what we're running into with a lot of these topics that we end up covering on the podcast is basically a situation where we're like, Help it's us. kind of bigger than us. Yeah, like we, mm -hmm. we can talk about it. We can share our thoughts on it. We can spread a good message. But at the end of the day, like this is something that needs to come from multiple sources that are not just us. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, it's cool for us as people who record the podcast. And I'm sure it's cool for you as an interview guest, too 
it's cool to look at the numbers and be like, look at how many people are listening to our podcast. Like we're making something that people like. But more than that, like I just want this to get out to as many people as possible because I think there's a lot of important things that we're talking about that can't be achieved and changed unless a large amount of people hear what we're talking about and and make changes on individual levels to really bring that uh, to come. Absolutely. I actually never thought about like the boxing analogy for it because like because you could easily apply that to any role in league itself because if you look at like a soccer team or something like that like they're not dealing with just five people on their own and like even then you could look at a solo game and you can minimize it to just your lane or your role within the game i actually i kind of like that a lot because you could have the individual coach because we've seen individual coaching like with like with LCS programs yeah, there are as like well. Positional coaches. Yeah, there's positional coaches. I never, and I've always looked at it and be like, oh, okay, I guess like you know maybe that's helpful. But I've never looked at it at a lens like that where they're they're more so like the source rather than like a, a small critiquer that helps with the overall assistant coach or head coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. it boils down to the biggest issue within esports as a whole, which is people as resources. Mm-hmm. Right? We have all of this money all of this sponsorship, all of this resource, like take five minutes. There's nine sources, right? They're all the same. I've talked to you about this before, Mm -hmm. about the numbers, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But still, like we have schools that have just Adam Antor. You know what I mean? Like we need more people, right? We need people to help other people. Yes. (laughs) I think Shout out the world. Yeah. And I think to even go on that, like, I think that was Adam's big message to all of us. Because Adam talks about it a lot. Because a lot of us take credit or give Adam credit for, like, I wouldn't have gone back to school without Adam. But Adam's whole thing is, like, all I did was unlock a door for you. Like, it was your choice to open it or not. And I think Adam, like, Adam teaches a really good mentality of, like, it's good to help people. Like, you don't have to, like, force them into the opportunity. You don't have to tell them they need to take it. It's like, this is something that you can do. I'm not going to tell you if it's the best thing or the worst thing to do, but there's the door if you want it. And I think that, yeah, and I think that's, I, th- I just love Adam. Yeah. Anybody right. else have any final messages here before we send off here besides I love Adam? <laughs> I, I think that about sums it up for me. I think I think we pursued both of these topics to a, to a place that I, I feel good about. Yeah. All right. uh, and my last message is, uh, I know we talk a lot about how we need more um but i'm very happy with what we have yeah uh, we make do yeah we <laughs> so just for you guys listening this may apply to like yeah done a very good job uh yeah, yeah. it's it's okay to be a scrappy little little organization because then you can show the world what you're made of yep mm-hmm. let's go make top eight boys there you go <laughs> thank you everybody for watching thank you or watching listening already messed <laughs> one up one day maybe maybe one day we did talk about that Thank you very much, Brett, for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you can find us on Aquinas Esports on Twitter and Twitch as well. We post our weekly match schedules every, I think, Monday <laughs> on the AQ Twitter. Yeah. And again, this was the AQ Diff. Thank you, everybody. Use hashtag you. AQ Diff. Hashtag AQ Diff. That's right. We need to start getting that going. Also, if you're listening to this, tweet at Aquinas Esports and tell coach long if you want us to have our own twitter account because i talked to him about it a little bit and i think it'd be so funny and we could meme on it so much more 
Alright, old man. We'll, we'll just we'll stick with the hashtag for now. If we get enough if we get enough interaction through that hashtag then then I think we will have a more solid case for it. <laughs> True. Alright, yeah, use hashtag AQDiff tag Aquinas Esports yep. and just say we want our own Twitter account. Thank you everybody. All right. Love you. Peace out.